and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So today we're going to go over what I watched in the month of January of 2024. So um, this has been an interesting month, if anything. Um, you know, I've just been I watching a whole bunch of different things. Uh, not really doing a whole lot of uh, television. I did start Scrubs a little bit, but I haven't really been keeping up. I'm really bad with TV shows and watching those and everything, but you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I do kind of want to, uh, you know, find a show that I'm like, I'm doing that one. And like, also like Avatar, the last airbender, like I'm trying to watch that, which the live action version is coming out next month. So like, maybe I'll pick up that instead. I don't really know, but uh, enough of that though. But this is what I watched in the month of January of this year. Um, it's kind of all over the place, but, uh, let's, let's, dive into this so as you may have already heard if you listened to uh last month you know i did in the beginning of the month i did uh sorority horror with my buddy pickens and so some of the movies from that i also watched in the beginning of the month um since we were recording that episode and then i put it up pretty quick after um so the first movie i watched on um January 2nd was delta delta die from 2003 this movie is um uh, directed by Devin Hamilton. Uh, it's pretty much about this uh, sorority headed by Mother Fitch, who's played by Julie Strain. Um, so pretty much the Delta Delta Pi sorority girls are not um, only the most popular and wealthy uh, on campus, but also the most deadly. They're pretty much um, spoilers for these movies, maybe. But um, they're like cannibals and like uh, they have to now like... Uh, try to cover shit up and like bring Stevens is there. And she's like uh, a dejected member that, you know, mother Fitch knew back in the day and all this shit. I mean, I gave it a two personally. Uh, I did say in my review, I said, I always appreciate a a movie that lets a man hang dong, Um, you know, male frontal nudity. uh, Don't mind seeing it. So, you know, this was like not, great but i mean you know like it has like you know like i said bring stevens julie strain uh T- tiffany Shepis, bunch of other actors who honestly are not that great um <laughs> those are like the standouts uh it's also a full moon feature technically so you know it's one of those movies but that is part of what i watched um i then also watched hard to die which is uh pretty much a it's pretty much like Slumber Party Massacre 3, uh, but it's all hard to die. It's by Jim Wynorski, which I think he actually did this under a different name. Uh, I personally really liked this movie. I gave it a four. I gave it a three. Sorry, I didn't give it a four. But um, this movie is about uh, these four temps, five temps, sorry. They uh, are in a high-rise building at a lingerie company. They're doing inventory. And pretty much what happens is they're terrorized by a series of bizarre killings. Um, they suspect that the strange janitor, who is Orville Ketchum, um, who have witnessed another series of killings back back years back, um, is at the bottom of it all. Um, and yeah, just some bullshit goes down. Uh, so this movie is like beyond dumb. But honestly, I, I think I liked it more than Slumber Party... Um, Sorority House Massacre 2. Sorry, it's not Summer Curve Party Massacre 3. It's Sorority House Massacre 3. Um, but yeah, this movie doesn't take itself too seriously, though. I can appreciate that. Like, it's not really a movie to take that seriously. Um, but I actually kind of liked it more. And it was on YouTube, so you can watch it on there pretty easily. 
I then also watched The Scare House from 2014. Um, I said this was painfully not scary and uncomfortably misogynistic, because it is. Um, It was directed by uh, Gavin Michael Booth, I believe. Uh, So these two friends open a Halloween... um, Funhouse on Devil's Night. Uh, it is all fun and games until their former sorority sisters begin to arrive. And these six sisters are confronted by their past as the night spins out of control. Um, I just didn't really like it that much. Um, I just wasn't all that interested. Uh, and I just don't think it was very well done. So I would not recommend it. Uh, it was on Tubi, I think, but like that just wasn't my, my game. Uh, then I also watched The Hazing from 2004. Um, so this I gave like a three and a little heart. Um, this is by Rolf um, uh, Kanevsky, uh, I believe. Um, so this is a film. Let me see real quick. It is not a full movie feature. I'm surprised. But it's like a little horror movie. So it is like the evil dead meets Scream as the evil professor played by Brad Dourif um, through an ancient staff and a book of incantations um, possess the bodies of a group of fraternity and sorority pledges during hazing activities that are happening. Um it's kind of it's kind of fun. I I liked it. It was way more fun than I expected. Uh, Perry Shen is so cute in this. Uh, he is uh, the he's one of the guys who's been in a bunch of the Hatchet movies by Adam Green, um, a little Asian man, um, and he's he's pretty cool. Um, and I also think I'm turning into an unapologetic like Tiffany Shepis fan. Like I kind of really like her. Um, I've seen her in Victor Crowley before. I watched that movie, but like she's kind of fun. Like I really like her, and she's like uh, such a, a wonderful part of this movie. So uh, I would recommend The Hazing. I do not recommend Scare House um, or you know some of these other bullshits. But like honestly, I did like um, The Hazing. I think it's worth it. It's on Tubi. So. Yeah, and then uh, then I watched Nine Girls, which is from 1944. Uh, this movie is um, one of the members of a fraternity, or sorry, sorority, is... Uh found murdered although the police are called in to investigate some of the girls decide to do their own sleuthing to unmask the killer so this is an old old ass movie uh it's throwing it back super far it's a fun little black and white movie that i think um is considered the one of the first sorority horror films ever um it's not like a horror film in the traditional sense it's a lot more of a kind of uh noir a little bit kind of a mystery if you will i, I guess if i think it's a comedy mystery there is some comedy in here um so it's not really horror but i did want to include it in my my little listing just because um it is considered like a sorority kind of horror mystery thing or whatever um it was giving old-timey looks uh weird transatlantic accents a little bit and then also a twist ending bitch so I gave it a three and it's on YouTube pretty easily to find. Um, so if you're at all interested in learning, getting your story, I guess, um, pull up on it. I think it's really fun. And then to finish out uh, my sorority horror binge that I did, um, I watched Final Examination from 2003. This is a Fred Olin Ray movie. Um, so this is uh, about uh, this burned out L.A. detective. Uh, he moves to Hawaii. This is played by Brent Huff. Um, and he he doesn't move there. He's put on assignment there. Uh, he stumbles upon a murder at like a college sorority reunion. And this movie was I gave it like a two so I said as part of my review I said as part of my journey into the world of sorority horror I had to throw on a movie um 
by one of the kings of sleazy horror, Fred Olin Ray, because um, he's made all sorts of like kind of, you know, blood and titty movies pretty much. Uh, but yeah, this could have used more guy ass for me. I, and it also ends really weird too. Like, I just don't know if like I um would necessarily, I don't know. It's like a Fred Olin Ray movie. So like, it's not the best, but I mean, also it's like, I wasn't expecting it to be the best either. So I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. But yeah, that's, that's what I watched. Um, <laughs> Because why the hell not? So that's that's what I did. Um, then I watched uh, on because I watched a bunch of these on the same uh, day. Uh, so I did do that, and then I finished out my night. Apparently on January sixth, I finished out that on my uh, on uh, watching Party Girl from nineteen ninety five, which I will be covering next month. Um, actually, this month uh, coming up. Um, February, I'm going to be covering that. Um, it does turn 30 next year, which is so crazy to think, but it does. Um, and I said, I watched, I put in my review, I said, Hey, Hey, hello. I watched this because it's on Criterion channel. Cause they have a whole Parker Posey month. Um, not a month, but like, it's a little collection going on. It has, um, a couple of her, Hal Hartley movies. She was in, uh, Josie, the pussycats party girl, the house of yes, um, suburbia, the day trippers, things like that. Um, but yeah, and I am also a homosexual who is in love with Parker Posey. But if you've never seen Party Girl, so this movie is about uh, Mary, played by Miss Parker Posey. Um, she finds ways to uh, spend her nights at clubs. Um, after being arrested for throwing a legal rave, she asks her godmother, I think, Julie, Judy, uh, out for some help on bail money. She then gets a job at the library that, Mary, uh, that Judy works at. And then it's kind of a... You know, it really is just kind of a uh, different kind of, you know, coming of age story for a t- early 20 something. Uh, it's directed by Daisy Vaughn um, Schurlermeyer, I believe. And uh, so she directed on like some of the um, she directed like an episode or two of um yellow jackets and a couple different tv shows and all that kind of stuff but yeah i really like this movie i gave it a four and i gave it a little heart i really enjoy it um and like i said i'm gonna be covering it in february i have a fabulous guest coming on for that um we already recorded that actually but yeah it was super fun and i uh it's always free. How do you fucking wear? So like you can watch it whenever. And if you're at all a Parker Posey fan, I would definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, party girl. And then I also rewatched party girl in the month as well. So I, I did that too. Then I watched, uh, the next day I watched, uh, a little movie from 1989. It was on Peacock and it is called do the right thing. We all know what this is. It's a Spike Lee movie. Um, so this movie, if you don't know about it, it's called, um, it's about this guy uh, named. So part of it is. Um, so Spike Lee plays Mookie, who is like uh, one of the workers at this pizza place run by Danny Aiello. Sal, he has this little uh, place in, I think, Brooklyn, um, little pizza place with his brother, with his um, sons. And pretty much so Sal is the owner of this pizzeria in Brooklyn, a local uh, a neighborhood local named Buggin' Out, who's played by Giancarlo Esposito. Um, he becomes upset when he sees this wall of fame in the pizzeria only has like Italian actors in it and not like black folks because it's in a black neighborhood in New York in New York. Um, 
And so Sal disagrees. This wall becomes a symbol of racism and hate to this gentleman bugging out. Um, and then to other people in the neighborhood, intentions rise. So that's kind of burying the lead of it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this movie is very much a Spike Lee movie. I don't think I've ever seen a Spike Lee movie in my life, really. Um, but this was my first one. I've been wanting to watch it because uh, the colors of this movie are just so vibrant. And the vibes of the movie... Um, itself are pretty decent you know um i don't think i'd own it or anything like i don't think i would like go and like buy the criterion collection of it you know what i mean but i didn't hate watching it or anything there's plenty of people who are on like letterbox and stuff who are just like oh this movie blah 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 whatever whatever and they just don't like it um and i i'm not that really i i didn't like overtly like five stars love it but i also am not like you know oh i've you know fucking hate it or anything i'm literally like in the middle i thought it was three and a half i thought it was fine it's very topical and very almost in a way timeless in a way um just with like the themes it touches on with like race relations and all that kind of stuff i i think that's very telling it's very um timely and it kind of has not really gone away honestly (laughs) this is still a thing that is still fucking happening so like and also me being a you know person from Baltimore and all this, I mean, goddamn, like we had a whole riot years ago that was like national news. You get what I'm saying? So it's like one of these things where I'm like, I'm familiar with some of this. And, you know, I, I uh, if anything, I always want to be aware of, you know, any sort of privilege I have as like a, a man and a white man and all this and really understand that like listen I need to make sure that I'm checking that and making sure that I'm hopefully not being an asshole you know so it's like that's kind of my job to do that I need to be the one to be fucking you know do better you know what I mean like <laughs> don't be an ass you know because um, I already have things that kind of help me uh, as opposed to somebody who is a person of color or like a woman or any of these things like you know there's just certain things that you know you have to be aware of like what privilege you have in the world it's just part of it um so you know how to be you know how to you know how to move throughout it kind of a thing anyway about off my soapbox or whatever but you know do the right thing is very much about those themes um and god damn it i love me a young little rosie perez honestly god accent and everything like uh amazing so yeah i did watch do the right thing it was on i think it's actually gonna be on Tubi soon um or something like that so you might be able to watch it for free who knows uh but yeah that's what i watched and then it took like a couple days where i just didn't feel like watching anything apparently i was just tired and so then i also then watched on criterion collect um channel because uh, they have a ken russell collection on there i watched um the devils from 1971 so if you don't know what this movie is it's a ken russell movie it's a dramatized historical account of the rise and the fall of urbane grandier um, who's a 17th century roman catholic priest and accused of witchcraft following alleged demon um, possessions of sexually repressed nuns um and so I just put on my uh, letterbox, I just said, so I'm sitting there, barbecue sauce on my titties, right? And so, like, which is an origin of the new black joke. But anyway, I watched this on Criterion Channel as part of their little Ken Russell collection they have. I didn't dislike this movie or anything, but I probably need to go read an article or something to understand what the fuck I just watched. And I still have not done that for whatever reason, but I still stand by that. Um, Vanessa Redgrave is in this movie. Um, 
Oliver Reed, uh, yeah, all sorts of people. Uh, so, I mean, it was a perfectly good movie. Uh, it was totally fine. Uh, and it's vile as hell. But I, I I, didn't dislike it or anything. I thought it was fine. I wasn't, like, raving about it. But I was also like, oh, this is, this is cool. Yeah, I don't mind this. So, yeah, that's what I watched for Devils. Um, then I watched, uh, after that, I watched uh, Some Kind of Wonderful from 1987. Uh, this is a John Hughes um produced movie i believe um yeah he was he was a producer on it i think i mistakenly said uh me and my sister uh in front of the show barbie hey barbie uh like we were talking uh we actually just had uh, a dinner that we went to tonight and uh like i think i said something uh, my sister i was like, oh yeah it's a john hughes movie it was like his last movie he directed it's not a john hughes movie he's he produced it but he did not direct it um he actually directed another movie um what the hell did he direct was his last movie because he only did a couple of them um i think it was what the fuck was it it wasn't it um i was it curly sue i think it was i think it actually was i think it was the the last one he actually like directed directed um but anyway so whatever but it was like also one of these movies that he directed uh he uh produced and howard deutsch is the one who actually directed it um so he's the one who did he did pretty in pink so yes he worked with john hughes but like yeah he did both these movies which is interesting because literally some kind of wonderful is a gender swapped pretty in pink pretty much um i did say my review i said "Ooh, baby candace cameron because she is in this but but whatever but it's really fucking good uh I haven't seen all of his films, but I think this might be my second favorite John Hughes movie, which I guess I'm an idiot. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, is it a John Hughes movie? I do kind of consider it a little bit, though, because like fucking it's Hughes Entertainment. So it is his production company, like literally. So, I mean, I still consider it as part of it, honestly, even though it was not directed by him. But like, I still consider it as part of it. So whatever, come if you want to. But like, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, so if you don't know what this is, I did just explain it as a gender swapped pretty in pink. But uh, it, it is. So a young tomboy Watts played by Mary Catherine Stewart. Um or no, sorry, that she's the one from Night of the Comet. They all have three names, okay? Mary Stuart Masterson. I'm a complete idiot, but yes, that is her. She's Watts. She's so fucking hot. She's great. Uh, she finds her feelings for her friend, um, her best friend Keith, played by Eric Stoltz, um, runs deeper than just friendship, and then he gets a date with the most popular girl in school, played by Leah Thompson, who has since been married to this director forever now. Um... And, you know, uh, they have a child together and everything like that. But, yeah, I really liked this movie personally. Um, I gave it a three and a half. I might even give it a four, honestly. Um, this is my second favorite John Hughes movie. I love The Breakfast Club, like, a lot. Um, it's really good. And so this is, like, my second, really. Um, and honestly, like, yeah, no, it's just so... I really like it, personally. I didn't... I didn't dislike Pretty in Pink, but I'm not, like, super in love with it or anything, although Annie Potts is iconic. But, like, yeah, but I really liked it. I just did. I don't know what it is, but I I really thought it was very, very good. 
The next movie I watched was on Peacock because they have some uh, some Alexander Payne movies on there, probably because they are currently streaming The Holdovers, which I am also trying to make sure I watch, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but yeah, uh, this is one of his... So this is, I believe he won the Oscar for this, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't feel like doing the fucking research, but um, yeah, it's an Alexander Payne movie. This is about um, middle-aged men... Um, one of whom is Miles, played by Paul Giamatti, who is in The Holdovers. Then Thomas Hayden Church, who is Jack. He is getting married um, to this lady. Anyway, they embark on a spiritual journey through California wine country. One of them is an unpublished novelist suffering from depression, who's also a high school English teacher. And then the other guy is like an actor who is kind of like a commercial voice actor. He does like um, radio commercials and stuff, but he was an actor back on a soap or something. And anyway... um, he they go on this like little journey or whatever virginia madsen's in it um and also uh who else uh San- sandra oh as well um yeah it's like super super fun i think uh, also some dick in this movie so that's kind of interesting on a fucking weird ass scene um spoiler kind of but not really uh so sandra oh kicking the shit out of thomas hayden church is true art is what i said um Cause yeah, I gave this a three personally. Um, I didn't dislike my watching of it or anything. Um, I kind of just kept thinking that I wanted them to be gay. Really? Like, I don't know what it is. I just want to make everything gay, but like, I I don't know. Like I didn't love this movie. I didn't dislike it really, but to be honest, and I, I was kind of, um, I, I feel the same way that i think um good old kevin from homos on haunted hill like he i think has also expressed this as well that like you know something about alexander payne well also he signed that fucking what is it uh, we'll talk about it in when we do election probably i'm i have a guest for election i'm so excited about it and i'm gonna be covering it later this year because it's gonna be on the it's celebrating 25 years but like he signed the uh polanski petition or whatever which gross but uh, the thing is is that both of his movies of citizen ruth and election are so goddamn good to me like they're just so good right and so like some of his stuff that he's done afterward i'm like even though it's gotten this acclaim and like sideways won a fucking oscar and shit and like whatever i don't know what it is like i just i haven't seen all of his other movies but it just it just doesn't feel like that kind of shit that he came out of the gate with um maybe i'll feel a similar thing about the holdovers um I think with the holdovers, from what I understand, I think it's that that really just feels like a warm hug in a way. And who knows? I mean, like Paul Giamatti's not a bad actor or anything. Um, and it's also getting like uh, awards um, recognition, like it's getting a, a nomination. Uh, you know, uh, Divine Joy and Raildoll from like My Name Is uh, Dolomite, and also like back on Ghosts from Broadway that they did and or when they did that the West End or whatever like she's like getting an Oscar nomination that's so fucking cool for her um but yeah so enough about Sideways but you know uh that's kind of what I think about it really and then I watched um She's All That because you will hear it in a couple of days but I did an episode on that I need to actually 
like edit it a little bit and then upload it. Probably going to do that real quick. <laughs> um, and I pretty much just said, like, God, I fucking love Rachel Lee Cook so much. Um, if you don't know what She's All That is, it's a uh, modern retelling of the Pygmalion story. It's about Zack Siler, played by um, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, he gets broken up with his girlfriend, and then he gets a bet. Um, he has this bet made by Paul Walker's character, Dean, who uh, he bets Zack that he uh, he bets him that he can... Uh, he wants him to turn any girl uh, into the prom queen. And he like, I'm going to pick the girl. And he picks Lainey Boggs, who's like this art student who's like weird as shit or like whatever. And then Zach is like tasked with trying to make her the prom queen or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I like this movie. It was a three for me. Uh, you'll hear more about my thoughts on it with the episode, I guess. But, you know, it's celebrating 25 years now. I'm actually recording this on... Uh, the Sunday of um, what is it? Uh, it's this. It's actually the same day that this came out twenty five years ago, which is really fun. But yeah, no, it's it's that, and so I decided to, uh, yeah, I do like this movie enough. Um, and yeah, I think it's super fun, and it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a. You could say it's a typical teen movie, but I actually think that it's really interesting that it it kind of subvert some of the tropes that you have in a typical teen movie which i thought was really cool so yeah that's what i did uh then i watched a little thing called um because then at some point uh oh this was the weekend i think it was because then i had uh, martin luther king day off oh yeah because in maryland so i had that off from my job and then uh we had uh like snow or some shit we did have snow and so then like literally what happened was that i just like uh we went in on tuesday um i think yeah i think we went in on tuesday because it snowed on martin luther king day then on tuesday i went in uh to my job and then left left early because they closed early then wednesday and thursday we had um regular work hour and then um on friday they closed my job um so it was like a whole thing and then so i had a little fun three-day weekend i guess which is why i was watching shit uh but yeah so that's that's what happened so that was like okay great Anyway, so then I watched a movie called On Peacock. Uh, it's uh, Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael from 1990. Um, this movie is uh, kind of an early movie for Winona Ryder. Actually, this is after she was in Beetlejuice. Um and like Heathers and all that stuff. But she was probably 18 or something when she did this or somewhere around there. But Roxy Carmichael. Uh, so this movie is about this woman uh, who it says she's a movie star. And that's actually not correct. Um, but she's like this celebrity and she's abandoned the bright lights. Um, she's abandoning the bright lights of Hollywood, California and returning to her small Ohio hometown. Um at least long long enough for them to dedicate a city building to her. Um, And then uh, Clyde, Ohio is where they did this at. And so there's this whole thing where it's about um, Winona Ryder's character named Dinky. And Dinky pretty much thinks that Roxy Carmichael is like her mom, pretty much. Um, That's kind of a spoiler, but like not really. It's like literally kind of what the movie is about because she's super obsessed with Roxy Carmichael. Right. Um, I really think this and this movie is really, I think, very good. It's very underseen, and I think more people need to watch it. It's a weird little movie, but I really enjoyed myself. 
Um, it goes places that it has Jeff Daniels in it. It has Dynamanoff in it. Um, it has Winona Ryder. I just think it's really interesting, and it's a super fun movie. I don't know, like, yeah, and it it's weird because like you have the um the poster of it, which is like Winona Ryder, but looking all cute and stuff. But then it's like this movie is not that. Because Dinky is a completely different character, I think. And just the ways that this, the the parts that this takes and the kind of uh, paths that it takes, I think is very interesting. Um, so yeah, watch Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. It's on Peacock. I think you can find it around. Um, I, I just think I want people more people to watch it. I watched it because actually this ends at prom. I really, I like their show quite a bit. And so I've been listening to it more often, but like, and I've seen quite a few of the movies that they've covered as well, but like they've covered this before. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch that movie. Cause like they're, they covered it. So like, I want to listen to their episode. It'd be cool. But yeah, Go watch that movie. Welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. It's super fun. Then I watched uh, T2 Train Spotting from 2017. Uh, I just said, let's go. <laughs> because uh, this is so uh, random, but like, I have such an affinity for Train Spotting, the movie. Um, I It's funny. I gave it like a, what did I give it when I watched it first? I gave it a four. Yeah. So I liked it. I watched it back um, December of 2022 and it took me a minute to actually watch this one uh, for whatever reason, but oh my God, I really like um, Train Spotting. I don't know why, but like, I just do. It's kind of my favorite drug film, if you will. Um, I actually think Spun is really interesting as well i don't love requiem for a dream necessarily but goddamn, i don't know what it is like i i really liked uh train spotting i actually uh criterion's coming out with the collection of uh train spotting they're gonna release that they've already released it but um i'm gonna wait until the sale probably to get that but fucking yeah like i really enjoyed it and uh i want to get the fucking fucking 4k of it like it's gonna be great but this T2's train spotting. Um, yeah, it's directed by Danny Boyle. And um, so pretty much uh, Mark Renton, who is Ewan McGregor, uh, he returns to Scotland and he reunites with his old friends, Sick Boy, Spud, and uh, Begbie. Although Begbie has a complete and utter, uh, not too much of a spoiler, but he's like, he has a vendetta against Renton. And if you know, you know. But anyway, I really like this. Like, I give it a three and a half. Um, my guest actually from the party girl episode i'm doing uh bobby master hey uh yeah so i mean he already put it on um he put it on his instagram that you know he was doing an episode with me on party girl so no shock but uh anyway but he was we were talking about smoothies and shit and talked about train spot we talked about train spotting a little bit and i brought up like i haven't seen t2 yet but like you know i'm thinking about it he was like actually it's not it's not that bad like but so i was like oh, okay cool like great because that's what i was worried about so anyway but that's what i watched on there and then also the same day as well i watched a movie uh that recently came out last year and it's now just kind of making its way on like Amazon and video on demand and all that kind of stuff. Um, I watched the passenger from uh, last year, 2023. Um, it's by Carter Smith. Who's the guy who did the ruins. He did the movie swallowed. Um, gay love him. Uh, 
we have uh, Randolph Bradley, uh, who is just Bradley in the movie because, you know, he's just very passive and he is just really like content with fading into the background. When this coworker of his, Benson, played by Kyle Gullner, um, you know, pretty much snaps and whatever, um, he then has to face his fears and confront his troubled past in order to find a way to survive. Um, so this movie, I just say that um, Kyle Gallner and Johnny Birchtold, who plays Bradley, um, are kings, fucking kings. Um, I could have used a gay kiss, maybe, that would have been cool, but I'm content with the undertones that are here. Um, you know, a little bit of that. Uh, I appreciate these uh, boys being also put into good bisexual lighting, too. Just God bless. And I also just put hashtag toxic boyfriends in a way. <laughs> Uh, which I I can't take credit for. I um I think uh Chelsea from Dead Meat said that, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, she didn't even like mean that like the, that way. It wasn't like you know, but I just thought it was funny the way she put it. But but anyway, I uh I liked this movie. I gave it a three and a half. I gave it a little heart. I I enjoyed myself with it. It um I haven't seen The Hitcher, but I've been hearing that it gives like The Hitcher vibes. You know, um so that's cool. It's on my list to watch, so I'll I'll get around to it. But I mean, goddamn! Like, I just love Kyle Gallner. Like, in a lot of things he does, I, I follow him on Instagram now. He's always really fun to like see and follow. Um, he's a Pennsylvania boy, so I appreciate that. Um, I think he is a Pennsylvania boy. Yeah, him and Johnny Birch told both. I think. Uh, no, no, no. I think Johnny Birch told's from New Jersey, but yeah, no, he's a Pennsylvania boy, which is so super fun. A oh, fun little fact too. So. Um, uh, Kyle Gallner was like on his Instagram and he was like put out to like do a Q&A or something and for whatever reason um I think it was because I just realized this um not too long I just found this out that uh <laughs> Uh, if you didn't already know, if you've ever watched the movie Hot, Wet Hot American Summer from 2000 or whatever, uh, which I have actually not seen funny enough, but um, I'm aware of it because it has like Janine Garofalo in it and like Paul Rudd and like all these different people, right? And it's like a very well-known, I want to cover it on the show maybe, I think that'd be fun because it's definitely a cult film. But uh, anyway, uh, Kyle Gallner's in that movie, it's like one of his first roles actually, and he's like little baby Kyle Gallner, and I just asked him like on his thing, like on his story, I was just like, do you have any fun memories from this so if any of you ever saw that or if you follow him as well and you saw that story or anything like that um i did ask that question so it was super fun and he just said that he just remembers like paul rudd being very nice to him and his mom so i appreciate that but anyway so yeah the passenger i think it's a fun movie if you're a kyle gallner fan you're gonna love it probably uh, Johnny Perch told, I really think I haven't seen him in a ton of other things, um, but I am familiar with him because of like dead meat. Cause they're like besties and stuff. Um, and, and all that. So I, I just think, um, I would love to see him do more as well. I, I really, I really fucks with him. I think he could do a lot of good work. Um, and then I watched a little movie. Uh, so I kind of watched these all, who knows probably out of order honestly because you know i just start one and i stop it and like whatever the hell i do that shit but um anyway i watched a little movie uh that came out on shutter this year uh and it's called destroy all neighbors it was directed by josh forbes um who i don't he didn't really direct anything else except something called contracted phase two apparently okay but anyway so 
This is a Shutter original, and you already know if you if you know Shutter originals could be both good and bad. Okay, uh, so this is about William Brown, who's played by Jonah Hill, uh, not Jonah Hill, sorry, Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Who, if you don't know, that is um, the guy who is in the new uh, Mystery Science Theater. He's like the human uh, in that, and he's also just a comedian in general and stuff. Anyway, so he plays Will. Um, he's like this neurotic, self-absorbed musician. He's determined to finish his prog rock magnum opus. He uh, create, faces a creative roadblock in the form of this uh, noisy and grotesque neighbor named Vlad. Um, Vlad is played by Alex Winter, also known as... Um, what is that? I think it's uh oh my god. So no Theodore Logan is Keanu Reeves. He's Bill S. Preston. Sorry about that. He's also one of the Lost Boys. But anyway, he's in like heavy prosthetics, which he actually has been into. He has a whole movie called Freaked back from the nineties where he has a bunch of like that shit and prosthetics and stuff. So anyway. I do love it, Alex Winter. I think he's very attractive for whatever reason. But anyway, yeah, so he inadvertently, like, uh, spoilers kind of, but, like, he inadvertently, like, kills him. But then, like, other shit happens or whatever. Like, really? It's a whole thing. Um, Look, needless to say, I I, um, (laughs) am... Listen, this is like seems fine enough. Um, you can tell people hopefully had a good time on the set or whatever. Um, this could have been more gooey personally. I gave it a two. Um, it just wasn't for me, I don't think. I didn't like love it or anything. Um, I mean, if you love Jonah Ray, I guess, or if you really like Alex Winter and like love this, like. I wish it went a little bit more surreal and like kind of a, it went like balls to the wall in a way, but what the hell do I know? But uh, yeah, I, I just would have liked that a little bit more. Um, but you know, it is what it is, and we'll see what else we have in terms of Shutter originals and stuff as well. But yeah, and then I went on a little bit of a kick. Um, so then I watched um, a whole bunch of. Uh, you know, rape revenge movies for whatever reason. Um, don't really know why, but I, I did. And so I, uh, I, I'm deciding to share that with you now. Uh, it was probably because if you listen to the sorority horror episode, me and Pickens got onto a little bit of a tangent about I spit on your grave, which is the next movie I watched. Um, but yeah, we talked a little bit about that because, um, Sophia to I think was trying to do like a little remake of that movie. Um, which I thought would have been really interesting. And then instead she did Black Christmas 2019. But yeah, I Spit on Your Grave from 1978, which is also known as Day of the Woman. Um, So this movie, um, if you don't know what it's about, uh, it's about Jennifer Hills, um, who is played by Camille Keaton, who actually got married to, for a short time, to the director of this movie. Um, Yeah, it it is uh, about her. She gets... um, assaulted and left for dead uh, by these four men she then hunts them down and kills them and that's the movie pretty much so this movie has all of the you know um i'll tread whatever i want to i guess but you know this movie has all of these things of like it's been banned in different countries it was one of the video nasties um in like the uk and stuff it's been banned in different countries uh Siskel and Ebert hated it um, and really like lobbied against it and all this kind of stuff. 
So I will say about this, I gave this like a three, uh, personally. But what I will say is that uh, the cinematography of this movie, at least in the cut I got, which it was uh, both on Roku channel and then also it is on Tubi, I think, so you can watch it. Um, I tried watching the remake. I didn't really feel like watching it, though, so I didn't do that. But anyway, so... But the cinematography of this movie was just really vibrant and crisp. Like, they did a really good job with this restoration that I that I have on the streaming services. Like, they're just really good. And it's un- super uncomfortable to watch, so Pickens was not uh, wrong in that at all. Because um, that's pretty much what he said in the episode. But uh, at least she beats these fuckers' asses. And I will say that, that I mean... Yeah, I, that's what I can say is that I can completely understand why people hate this movie and just really want to. It's very maligned in that way. And it just I see why. Um, but I also can understand how in this movie is specific to and then I guess other revenge movies of this caliber or of this ilk. Um I also understand there being this kind of cathartic, like empowering thing for it too. I can also see that side as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uncomfortable to watch. I, you know, I wouldn't just randomly watch it anytime soon necessarily, but I do think it is, has a certain place in film history and um, there you go. I guess that's what I have to say about it. But anyway, then I watched a uh, movie I've been meaning to watch because uh, Pickens told me to. Um, but uh, it's Revenge from 2017. This is by Coralie uh, Farge, um, who's a French filmmaker, I believe. Uh, this is about a girl also named Jen. Um, she goes away with this guy um, who's her boyfriend, but he's actually married. Um and it's disrupted when these friends of his come for this like hunting trip, some shit goes down and then she gets some revenge on these fuckers because they did some bullshit to her. So this is also a sexual assault, you know, revenge type movie. Um, and it's directed by a woman. Uh, and I didn't really have anything to say about it in a review or whatever. I didn't really have any like shit to say. Uh, but I really did like this quite a bit. Um, I mean, these the scenes of assault are obviously like super jarring in a way, or they are done very effectively. Um, but I also think just like her revenge in general, and then also at the end of this movie is super fucking bloody, and I really appreciate that. And it is very tense as well, um, which I really appreciated. And I just it 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 makes me want to, cause I have seen quite a few of these, like, you know, sexual assault, like, uh, revenge movies and stuff. And so I would want to see, I would love to be able to see more of these, uh, types of films that are directed from a woman's perspective. Um, cause I think this one was really, really unique and I mean, it's been around for a while now, but like, still, I just really, I, I liked it personally. So yeah, I, I could fucks with it. And then, um, the same day, uh, because I did watch Saltburn last month, um, I decided to 
also watch uh, the other Emerald Fennel movie um, that she won an Oscar for. Uh, I watched Promising Young Woman from 2020. Uh, this is Emerald Fennel. She won an Oscar for this. Uh, this is a movie about a young woman um, who is Cassandra. Uh, and she is haunted by a tragedy in her past. She takes revenge on the predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. Uh, I won't go too deep into it, but I give this a three and a half and a little heart. Um, I didn't know what to think of this movie when I, you know, first became aware of it or whatever. Like I just know a lot of people, it, people fucking hate this movie and people also really like this movie. So it's kind of like split in that way. I ended up, enjoying it like i thought it was fine like it was perfectly good um i can understand why some people fucking hate it i get it uh, to a point but then i'm also like yeah but it's like i don't know it's just it's an interesting movie to say the least you know um and i think that I don't know if you at least want to watch both of emerald fennel's movies then fine um and yeah i i didn't i didn't like dislike it or anything so yeah promising young woman i thought it was perfectly good uh you know and carrie mulligan did a really good job and uh like cassandra just didn't give a fuck like and that's what i kind of liked about her <laughs> but anyway but that's just what i think about that but yeah and then um also the same day because i'm crazy uh this must have been a day where i just did not have any um Girl may have been one of those days where I just was like really trying to just like vibe or whatever. I don't know. Um, maybe I was going back to work or something the next day or I was out or whatever the hell. I don't remember. Anyway, but um, <laughs> I watched uh, Euro Trip from 2004. I did a podcast on that. I did a little episode. Uh, so, yeah, this is a movie. It's about uh, Scotty, uh, played by Scott Malkowitz. He finds out that his cyber buddy that he's been like chatting with from Berlin is actually a really hot girl. Um, and he fucks shit up to, you know, (laughs) he fucks some shit up and he like then decides to go and like visit her and try to get her love or whatever. Um, that's pretty much what this movie is about. Uh, yeah, I've already watched this before. So this is a rewatch for me. So I do have a whole like, um, I have a whole, um, I probably talked about it before actually, but like, yeah, I rewatched it because a few of these were not rewatches. So I, I hadn't watched some of these before, but, uh, this was a rewatch for me. Uh, you know, I like this enough. I gave it a three. I don't think it's like a terrible movie necessarily, but I will say, um, I didn't like, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I do like it, but I can understand what it is about. And like, I understand that it, it doesn't work for everybody you know but it is what it is yeah and then the next movie i watched um again it was a rewatch for me um this because i am covering on the pod uh, a couple of uh in february uh i decided to watch nurse 3d from 2013 because it is celebrating it already kind of celebrated its 10 year but it's kind of around that point um because some things were released in 2013 but like then they didn't get released until 2014 in the U.S. or something, or, like, whatever the hell. Um, Yeah, Nurse 3D is fucking crazy. Uh, I gave it a four. This movie is not good. It's not the best. But the camp factor of it and the ridiculousness of it is kind of everything, honestly. Um, 
I said it took me a few days to finish this film, which was true. Um, I actually, I think I said that I ended up muting this and watching it with the subtitles. I actually did not. Uh, however, you can if you want to. It's like an erotic thriller, you know, maybe it works for that. Um, yeah. And this is about Abby Russell, played by Paz de la Huerta. She uh, has this, like, secret life where she, like, goes after these cheaters that she seduces and, like, all this shit. Uh, she has Danny Rogers, who is played by Katrina Bowden, um, is, like, her, like, little new nurse person or whatever that she's mentoring. And, like, it's just a big bag of craziness and i kind of love it uh so yeah you'll hear more about nurse 3d uh in my episode about it um i really i really like it personally and i already watched uh party girl so you're not gonna talk about it again you'll hear more about it on my fucking episode about it but yeah uh <laughs> and then after that uh it took a couple days and i didn't watch anything but then on the weekend um because i also pulled some overtime as well so, like, I didn't really feel like watching a ton of stuff, like, you know, because I was tired. Anyway, but then, um, because it came out on the 26th, I believe, on Shudder, I decided to watch Suitable Flesh from 2023, which is a Joe Lynch film. I personally like Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch, come on my show. Um, I'm sure if I asked him, he probably would, honestly. And I'd be like, hey, hey, girl. But anyway, so, uh, because I love Mayhem. I really like that movie. And, um... I actually even like Wrong Turn too, like uh, as well. But uh, yeah, Suitable Flesh is about uh, a once esteemed psychiatrist, uh, Elizabeth Derby, played by Heather Graham. Uh, she watches her life spiral into a nightmarish maelstrom of supernatural hysteria and gruesome deaths, all linked to a seemingly unstoppable ancient curse. So this is an H.P. Lovecraft story, um, and it's adapted from that. And I think it was actually supposed to be like a Stuart Gordon production, or it was supposed to be directed by him before he'd passed away. Um, but yeah, this movie, I thought it was a fun watch. Um, I love seeing hot Barbara Crampton and hot Heather Graham. We love that. Uh, and yeah, like I didn't dislike this or anything. I would say that if you're like a bit of a fan of like the reanimator or like from beyond, uh, or even just like HP Lovecraft in general, I mean, you know, maybe it doesn't get as weird as maybe it, it should have been or whatever, but overall I did enjoy it like perfectly fine enough. Like, and yeah, it was super cool. So, you know, and generally I like Joe Lynch's stuff. So, you know, I think he did a perfectly good job on this for sure. And it's like an erotic thriller, pretty much. So that's always fun, too. Then uh, I watched like four movies. Uh, like, literally, it was yesterday. So I was like, oh, okay, great. But uh, then I watched, because um, it was on Paramount, I believe. Um, I watched uh, 54 from 1998, which is about Studio 54. Um, so it's about a boy, Shane, uh, played by Ryan Phillippe. He lives in Jersey and he comes across the river um, and he ends up getting into Studio 54 because he's hot. And uh, Steve Rebell, who is the mastermind behind all of that, um, he like plucks Shane, uh, you know, and he like gives him a job there as a bartender, as a busboy, and then a bartender. Um, and yeah, he gets to just see all the fucking crazy shit that happened at Studio 54. 
uh, is the basic idea of this movie. I was also listening to Friends of the Pod, Movies That Made Us Gay. They did an episode on this back a while back, and they had Blake Knight on it. I was listening to that at work, I think, and that was fine. Even before I watched this movie, I was like, oh, okay, why not? But I will say I did not love this movie. I gave it a two and a half personally. There's a theatrical cut of this and a director's cut that apparently is, makes it more gay, which is cool with me. Anyway, this movie just wasn't really all that engaging to me. Um, it felt kind of watered down, which, I mean, is kind of the truth. Um, and I'm just not really sure how I'm supposed to feel about these characters. Did love that Heather Matarazzo was there. Love that for her. But... I just thought it was kind of boring, to be honest. And the thing about it is, is that if you make a movie about Studio 54 that I think was a little boring, you know, eh, I don't know, girl, but Mark Christopher, you know, he tried his best, but I just didn't love this movie or anything. So take it or leave it, really. And I don't know if the gay director's cut will do like that much more for it. I don't really know, but whatever. Anyway. Then the next movie I watched, because it was on Max and I've been meaning to watch it, is actually um, the 1964 movie uh, by Stanley Kubrick. It's uh, Dr. Strangelove, uh, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love of the Bomb. This is one of Stanley Kubrick's films, one of his early films, I guess, if you will. Um, and yeah, this is pretty much about... Um, this uh, General Jack D. Ripper, uh, he institutes, uh, he initiates a nuclear strike attack on the Soviet Union. So this war room uh, full of politicians, generals, and a Russian diplomat, although I thought he was German, kind of. Oh, no, he is Russian diplomat. Never mind. Uh, all frantically try to stop the nuclear strike um, because fucking... Sterling Hayden is wildin', okay? Anyway, so, like, <laughs> yeah, it was so... What I said is that it was fun to see an early role for the voice of Darth Vader, James Earl Jones, which he is uh, one of the pilots in the little plane that they have. I see the Kubrickness of this movie as well, definitely. It just wasn't a favorite of mine or anything. I gave it at like a three and a half. I'd probably oscillate between three and a half and a three personally. Um, I mean, I understand why maybe somebody really loves this or whatever or whatever the hell. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad movie or anything like that. I just maybe feel like I would need to read a fucking essay or be fucking smarter about like history or some shit uh, for me to kind of think it's more funny or something maybe uh but i i didn't dislike it necessarily i'm also not exactly the most like big fan of kubrick like that i mean i like a clockwork orange i guess to a point uh, you know and like the shining is cool and all but like i'm not like gaga for kubrick do you know what i mean so but this is at least like a, a welcome kind of departure because it really is like a comedy. Um, it's supposed to be that way. So, you know, that's cool. And then the next movie I watched, um, because it is on Criterion Channel, it was on, they have a little Sundance thing. Um, so this is like stuff that pretty weird at Sundance or like whatever. Uh, bitch, I watched The Blair Witch Project from 1999. It's celebrating 25 years. Uh, if you don't already know what this movie is about, in October of 1994, these three um, film students uh, disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, um, while shooting a documentary, and a year later, their footage was found. Now, I am also um, 
a complete moron and I didn't realize, so I have a Roku TV personally, and I didn't realize that um, if you put the Roku app on your phone, at least on your iPhone, if you have it, uh, you can actually listen to what you're watching on like your fucking headphones. I didn't realize that. I know. I don't know. It took me a year. I've had this TV for God knows how long. I've had it for like over a year now and I did not know this. So now I know. So now I'm going to be listening to things with my headphones and that's super cool. Even though I have a cute little sound bar and everything like that. But it's just nice to be able to do that. Like when, you know, I don't feel like having people watch, like, I don't want to like have my, I don't want to have like, you know, <laughs> screaming and shit. You know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff, but whatever. Anyway, but it could all be my ears. Uh, but yeah, I watched this with my headphones in and listening to it on the TV and all that shit. And, uh, you know, I gave this a four and a little heart. I really like this movie. I think it is such a fascinating film. I really do think that so many people thought this was real and I don't blame them, of course. Like, of course you would think it's fucking real uh, because you didn't know we didn't know anything else like we didn't know that it wasn't and we were like yo that's fucked up you know um and it was just such a moment in a way and yeah i don't know it's just a uh especially when you listen to it if you ever if you get the chance to like maybe you hear it in a theater or whatever or or if you're like me and you now can know that you can listen to shit if you didn't already know this on your roku tv with your fucking headphones um now you can do that. I really think it helped my um, my watching of the movie because now, like, I get like the little like um, sound cues and things like that. I just thought was really really cool. So, yeah, I really liked I liked the Blair Witch Project. I think it's a great movie. So, did not love that little 2016 remake thing that they did, but you know they can't all be winners, right? And then I finished out my month, so I'm not. Like, I'm going to say that this is the last thing I'm watching for the month um, because I need to record this and, like, get it out, which is fine. Um, But I did watch, um, because I was actually thinking of how I wanted to kind of watch this when I found it. Um, But I I found on Roku Channel the Growing Up with I Spit on Your Grave little documentary, which is by Terry Zarchi. Um, So Terry Zarchi, if you don't know, um, they are the son of... um, Mir Zarchi, who is the guy who directed um, I Spit on Your Grave. And he, yeah, he's in the movie as well. Uh, he plays one of the little kids at the gas station. And uh, yeah, this is his documentary, um, which talks about the making of kind of the impact and the legacy that I Spit on Your Grave has had. Um, I didn't put like any sort of. Um, I didn't have any kind of review to give this, uh, what with the documentary and all that stuff, but. I uh, thought it was fine. You could tell that, like, obviously Terry Zarchi is not a filmmaker. So, like, legitimately, like, he honestly did a lot of this shit in, like, probably iMovie or something. Like, you could tell, like, just, like, the music he had in it. And, like, it's not as if, like, this was something that was, like, heavily edited, heavily produced, that kind of shit. I think it was very, like, bare bones, right? But I thought it was really interesting, actually. Um personally and and uh it gave me some interesting insight they really did talk to literally um camille keaton they talked to obviously the the mayor zarchi because it's this little kid who made this movie um 
talk to his sister who's also in the movie as well uh talks to all the guys except for matthew um and i think it was one two three i think it was like three of the guys or whatever i think it was well, three of the dudes um but yeah no and it talked to like um some of the crew people and some of the crew members and stuff um also they had some fans as well of this film in a way um or people who really kind of fucks with this movie for whatever reasons. Um, there were at least two gentlemen who were like film critics or whatever. And then also BJ Colangelo from this ends at prom and just being, you know, a horror uh, journalist lady. Um, yeah. She was also on here too, because she's also uh, a huge proponent of I spit on your grave. She uh, is somebody who actually, yeah, actually really is, I wouldn't say enjoys the movie. I don't know about that, but I, she is somebody who is a survivor of assault and, um, really kind of, uh, touts this movie as something where, um, after she was assaulted, um, there's this whole actually article you can find about it, but it talks about how, uh, she watched it like a bunch she even says she watched it like six times after uh, she first got it from like a little mom and pop shop or something. And uh, how it, it really is a movie that is something close to her heart where it shows the horrors of sexual assault and what happens in the aftermath and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, very interesting. And so it just it kind of goes into all that. Like I said, we're not getting super duper deep here. They do talk about the remake, for example, and all that stuff. And um, it is kind of very on the surface, if you will, but that's fine. Um, again, I don't expect Terry's Archie to like literally dig deep into all of this or whatever the hell. But um, I I would say I, I enjoyed that little documentary. I was kind of wondering like, oh, I wonder if I could watch this for free somewhere. And then there you go. It just popped right up. So, and so yeah, that was that was super fun and cool. Sorry, I burped. The, you know, I'm probably not cutting it out. Oh well, but uh, but yeah. So that everybody is what I watched in the month of January, and uh, yeah, it was a bunch of things. It was like 27 fucking things. So I watched something almost every day, or well, not really. No, I didn't really do that. I didn't watch something every day because I was tired. Um, so I watched a bunch of things like you know on the same day a lot of the time but yeah so that is what i did uh and yes the february is looking kind of fun i got some things coming up as i already said i'm doing party girl i'm also doing nurse 3d um as well but i got a few other things up there as well i think you can already kind of uh imagine what one of them might be um just what with february i guess not like I'm doing like Founders Day or anything or something having to do with President's Day. I'm not doing that. But like y- you get what I'm saying. But uh but yeah, anyway, that's what I watched. Uh you know, I'd love to hear if you want to tell me what you've been watching. That's cool. You can uh follow the show on social media uh at uh Cult Cinema Circle so, um on Instagram. You can follow me there. Um Cult Cinema Circle on Twitter, uh Letterboxd, I'm at Jesse J E S S E Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. Or I guess if you just look up Cult Cinema Circle, you'll probably find it that way too, but like, whatever. Um, Yeah, and then also rate, comment, subscribe, uh, give me five stars and a review on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, if you can like rate or give comments or any of that kind of fun stuff. Uh, Please do all that. I I would love to hear from you. Um, You can also email me at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com if you want to give me feedback on the show, you want to give me any recommendations to do on the show or just movie recommendations in general. Uh, You can also do that through like 
Instagram, I guess. Um, and also, if you want to like uh, ever be a guest or whatever, I I'm hoping to have some fun guests on this year, and I'm kind of working on that currently at the moment to just kind of like get people as they come. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited about that. But uh, with all that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you all have a great February. I hope everything's good for you, and you know, hope you're staying hydrated, moisturized, all that good stuff. And uh, I will talk to you next month about what I watched in February then. But thank you so much for listening and take care. Bye.